Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Happy to be changing the face of cinematic critique every week. We're just doing our part. Uh, We're bringing it. uh, This week we're going to be talking about the new Marvel movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Before we get into that, though, wanted to do uh, some announcements first and a genre pick for our favorite Paul Rudd movie. So Ty doesn't know this yet, but uh, this podcast now has a Twitter account. What? Yeah. That means that means I'll be able to uh, check my favorite news about Tottenham Hotspur and at the same time see what Two Brothers Review has been up to. Right. And there is a character limit on name of the Twitter handle, so it's Two Bros Review. Because. <laughs> Because nothing describes this podcast like the thought that we are two bros. Yeah, I'm a, it doesn't quite. It more indicates like a frat situation rather than exactly actual fraternal relationships that we share. No one's gonna think we're actual brothers. But underneath it, it says two brothers. Can so we do? Never- can it be like our Christmas special where we do one podcast where it is two bros review? I like that. <laughs> try 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 it out. I was I was I was in an Uber pool uh, with a guy yesterday and he was like having conversation in the car and it was super chill. And then twice in the in the ride someone called him and he switched into like this totally different voice where he's like, "What's up, bro? Yo, bro, yeah, yeah, bro." I was like, "Oh my gosh." And then he'd be like, "Well, what are you guys doing today?" <laughs> It was, it was a very weird code switching experience. It's pretty odd. <laughs> um, we'll have to pick a good movie to do that too. Yeah, one that bros wouldn't go to. Oh, not a bro outreach podcast. One that bros would go to. Ooh, we could do. Yeah, we could do podcasts for every different demographic. We could do one for children. I think we'd get in a lot of trouble if we went into too many demographics. <laughs> we, we could always do. Fine, you're probably right. <laughs> and then uh, we also did get a, a fan request to go back and review the John Wick movies. No. Uh, and we've we've not done anything like that, but uh, we appreciate the, the feedback. And if there are more uh, kind of gangster or, I don't know, John Wick 3 will definitely be a review we do. Which two of our fans... Uh requested that <laughs> which <laughs> was right, it our ca- was it our California listener or a Utah listener <laughs> no it's uh no, we're not we're not we're not gonna do any names here but no it's good okay cool we could do we could do a I'll watch the John Wick movies yeah we should do a throwback we could do throwback ones why not that's a fun idea okay uh <laughs> Here it is. We're committing to it. Look for a John, John Wick, a John Wick review coming soon. I think I thought that when they came out, I remember looking at them and thinking, "Man, those look like really stupid movies." But I've heard good things. Actually, they probably were good movies. Is that what you did? You see them? Yeah, it was my pick for um, when we yeah. watched Hotel Artemis. It was my genre for like kind of crime world that was created. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shoot. I'll there check it out. Yeah. Okay. So, Ty, what is your uh, Paul Rudd movie pick? Uh, my my Okay, so I had to look it up because I don't 
follow him super closely. Um, and out of the movies he's been in, I don't even remember him in it. <laughs> My favorite was uh, Romeo and Juliet. That's a great movie by Laz Berman. But uh, I'm not a huge fan of any of the other stuff he's done. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. Like I, He seems like someone that I'd hang out with and enjoy having a meal with. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I was surprised to look through it to see. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. He's done a lot of comedies recently, but not always the best comedies. Or he'll have really small parts in funny movies like Anchorman. Did you see uh, the trailer for The Catcher Was a Spy? I did. And it was a Sundance movie that I really wanted to see, but it was sold out when for the showing that I could have gone to. Oh, it's got it got really bad reviews, so I did, then I didn't even think about going to it. But maybe I, I should. I don't think it got wide release, and now it's on demand. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? It's playing at a theater in New York City. Okay, so I guess for me, I'm gonna say the um, movie Clueless. It's my favorite Paul Rudd movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Pretty I love good. that movie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the Ant Man and the Wasp. I don't mean to jump the gun here, but it's probably my favorite Paul Rudd movie, where he actually features in it that I can remember. Yeah, let's, well, let's jump into it. Um, so it seems like you thought this movie was pretty good. What a, I don't know. What did you think about Ant Man and the Wasp? I feel like uh I mean I'm I uh, I don't know if this is true but I think I'm less of a superhero movie fan than you are. Do you think that's true? But um I really I walked out of this one like just happy and I I just thought it was so funny and I feel like I feel like you know the superhero movies they have the ones that are more serious they have the ones that are funnier but a lot of the funnier ones kind of started or were inspired by Iron Man in uh 2007 or 8 and it's that really snarky humor uh kind of like making fun of people or you know Tony Stark Stark is the smartest guy always and I just I, I don't really I don't know that's not my favorite type of humor and I think the humor in Ant-Man and the Wasp and the first Ant-Man too um is so different and I think it's like just they put him in situations that are funny or they give him defects that are funny or like <laughs> I mean he's just such a kind of a uh, no he's not a loser but he's like sort of just screws up he's a, he's a little bit of a screw up i guess and um and has to get out of that so i think that's hilarious i also oh my gosh the michael peña uh scenes where he's the voice of everyone in the scene those are so funny do you think it I mean, they did that in the first movie. Yeah. Do you think it was as funny to see it again? I just want to see a movie that that's all it is. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an amazing movie? Well, I, yeah, I liked that scene because it, it showed the actors in like the same physical location that they've been in in other scenes. But they must have, you know, then trying to replicate his cadence with how their mouth was moving. Because, you know, he's talking so fast in that scene. And you have all the different actors, you know, turn to like turning to the camera and looking, but it was while they were on, you know, in the other location for for scenes. That that's what I thought was interesting in that situation. Yeah, so they must have recorded his voice early on, and then whenever they were in a scene where they needed one of those, they did do both when they're there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy to do that stuff, like to get the the no, cadence sure right. I, I'm sure I'm sure they had to like. 
take the audio clip and practice for a few days or weeks even. Yeah, I know that that is funny. I truly love it. The girl was so, the little girl, the daughter's so funny. Um all of his guys that work for him at the security place, they're I mean, they're all really funny characters. Just quirky. And they each got a chance to do something kind of funny. I feel like that was you know, it was good they spread it around like the Russian or Eastern European, the babushka or whatever. And mm. Yeah. And then T I it was truth serum. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. And the henchman who's like, isn't that the that was pretty funny. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I feel like it's written by someone who's like uh, got a sketch comedy background more than any other uh, superhero movie. Because you think the scenes moved through it that way, it felt like kind of sketches after sketches. Yeah, I just feel like they they have formed these characters that have a thing like a game, you would say, and it's a game that they just can play in whatever situation they're in over and over again, and it's funny. Well, it has to be something that still kind of resonates, right, to make it interesting for a two-hour movie or to, like, care about Scott Lang, the Ant-Man character. Well, yeah, I mean, you also have the plot, which is, you know, sketch comedy doesn't use plot at all. And so you have, you still do, it's not totally sketch. I mean, you have the plot, you have a villain, you have a, although this one was kind of weird for, it was a weird villain. I don't know. It just wasn't like a, there wasn't someone evil, really. Or I don't know, maybe you'd say that that ghost is evil. No, I wouldn't. I feel like she was sort of betrayed by S.H.I.E.L.D. and then was just trying to survive. I mean, there could be a movie told from her perspective where she like has to get this thing and she could have been a hero. I think maybe it was just her willingness to do evil things. Yeah. 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 It was, it was just like a... It felt more like a internal squabble than exactly saving the world, but that's okay. Yeah, some oh, mistakes. Oh, I just remembered another character that had an awesome game was the detective, the the police, um, or the parole officer. What was he? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and his game being that in every scene he could always be like really wishing that he could be vulnerable and emotionally connected to people. But then, I mean, they just did that a few times. It was hilarious, I thought. I just really like kind of the button at the end where... He's like, yeah, but I mean, we could get dinner. Yeah, that was so funny. Uh, oh man! Another thing I, was, I thought was a kind of a good through line was the close-up magic. Oh my gosh, that was so funny too. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "How did you do it?" <laughs> he's like, "Ant Man." <laughs> no, the card trick. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then and then him at the computer, like <laughs> googling it. Don't you knock? <laughs> they call back to it when he in their getaway, right? They use a they just I mean, it's not really close up magic. They just leave the giant suit. But then he's like, uh, oh, magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you agree? I mean, do you think that there's a different quality of humor in that movie than in other Avengers one? Or do you think it's the same? No, I feel like it is a little bit different. I think you're right where it's less kind of quippy or about other people. And more situationally funny. You know, like in a serious moment, they're in that office, and Scott Lane gets distracted by the desk that he has. Mm-hmm. And then sort of realizes he's being ridiculous and and is like, I mean, I'm telling you guys, we need to focus right now. What do you, who cares about this desk? Like he turns it around before someone else can tell him. 
Like, yeah. It's clever. Yeah. Well, okay, the other reason there wasn't exactly a villain or, or it was kind of weird in that way is that the that the that his wife that they were trying to save, no one was keeping her captive. It was just physics or, you know. She was just stuck in there, not because of any animus or evil, but... Right, they just had to overcome kind of what they technologically could do. I mean, do you count Walton Goggins as a villain, the restaurant tech distributor? Oh, I mean, he is a villain, but, like, not a good one. Or not, not you know... Not the main villain. It, it, he doesn't feel like a main villain, right? He feels like a... I mean, I, he's the kind of person where you're like, maybe next movie you'll find out he took some... He figured out some way to uh, mutate his own DNA into something, and he became stronger. But he's just too weak at this point, it feels like. Yeah, I love that act. I love him as an actor, though. Uh, probably from the TV show Justified. On, I've always liked him, but I don't think, I don't think he was like, kind of. I don't think he did anything special in this movie. But he just kind of has that sort of slow drawl vibe. He's a super creepy kind of guy, right? Or just I don't know. He has this vibe of like. Uh... No, I think creepy's right. Kind of s- smooth, but in a weird way. Yeah, like you don't want to. You don't. You don't. You don't naturally trust him. Are you? Does it matter to you that this doesn't really totally fit into the larger Marvel cinematic universe, or where like no. these? You know, these characters weren't involved in the most recent thing. It doesn't bother me. No, I mean those. That's better. I'd say almost. You you start if you have all those other constraints when you're doing the storytelling, then it becomes harder to write something that's that really is what you want it to be. I, I yeah I don't I still don't know the logic of why they're not included and other people are it's a weird thing to me but I'm sure uh, I think they will be moving forward especially with that after credit scene where the three get taken away so it's sort of like this movie happened concurrently with what's going on with the last Avengers movie right did you stay for the scene uh, did I read <laughs> of course you did <laughs> do I, of course I did. We any we all we stay for the credits always every time. Okay, but that was the first little credit scene. Do you know the lap? Can you tell me about the last credit scene? Was that worth staying for? <laughs> Good try, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. It's just the ant drumming, right? Oh, oh, the ant drumming one. I didn't. Yeah, that is true. I did see that. Not worth staying for. No, not really funny. I wish they would have had a last scene where Paul Rudd's character was doing more things at the size of when he's when he's the three foot tall Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> like you just got stuck there for longer in that period of time. <laughs> yeah, like uh, when he was at the school and he's wearing the hoodie. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the stuff they had to overcome, like you were saying, is like physics or the technology where that suit didn't regulate his size appropriately, and so you know that came up a couple of times. Yeah. Do you find his uh, potential girlfriend compelling? What do you the, mean? The wasp. Oh, how, how do you feel little, about? She's a little cold feeling. I would right? say. Right. There's like not. It's not. There's not sizzle or chemistry. I guess. I think they get along pretty well. It's. It's more about. She's so matter of fact. I don't know. I don't feel like she tells jokes or contributes to sort of the joke part of it. No, she's not fun. She's down to business all the time. 
Right? Can you think of a time when she was being funny? I think when she's like, well, I'll tell you one thing. If I had been there, we wouldn't have been caught. That was kind of funny, right? It was funny, but she was serious. <laughs> she, I think she genuinely believes that. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know. I think I'm not upset that she's there. I feel like she'll be good in this kind of story no. overall. They should have got someone who was funny. Who, okay, who's your dream recast? I don't know. Who? Hmm. Sarah Silverman. <laughs> okay, that's cool for you. That is not my dream recast. <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. Maybe like, um, oh no, I was going to say, did you see Thoroughbreds? Did we talk about Thoroughbreds? I did see it. We did not do a podcast about it. Uh, that girl's too young in it, but she's good. Yeah, the, not the which the, one? Yeah, the one the one not the one who not the skinnier one. Nope. Which the one who went to the psychiatric hospital or the one who <laughs> got a who who like actually killed the father? The one who went to the psychiatric hospital. Yeah, it's tough. I think hard hard to find the right person. Maybe, or do you think casting is an easy job? I don't think. I mean, most actresses would say yes to that role. <laughs> They would want to be in that movie universe, getting that Marvel money. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Okay. Uh, are there any other likes or dislikes you want to make sure we're talking about with Ant-Man and the Wasp? Like, what if it was Alicia Verkander and she was the Wasp, right? That'd be good. That'd be great. She's got a little twinkle in her eye. She could handle Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> I get Sure. <laughs> Okay, well, you can, have, you can have Sarah Silverman. No, that was a joke. Okay, good. Uh, Someone, uh, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? That'd be, that'd be pretty funny. That'd be, she would be funny for, that's one thing. She would have that comedic timing. She'd get some jokes in. <laughs> did you know Leslie Jones is 50 years old? I did not know that. Weird, right? She must have been in her 40s when she got on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I didn't think they hired people who were older like that. Yeah, they do. That's cool. Gives, gives you some hope, huh? That's right. I'm on the slow track, but it is a track. Uh, okay. Any other things you want to make sure we talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Mm, no, that's it for me. Yeah, me too. I think it was a really good sort of... Yeah, smaller superhero movie. I like like the other Ant-Man. The stakes are a little bit lower. It's more localized. I liked that it was in San Francisco, uh, where I live. And I think for me, I'm going to give Ant-Man and the Wasp a 4 out of 5. Okay. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think I wish, I wish there were more movies like it in the cinema, in the Marvel Cinema Universe. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 as well. Whoa, it's nice when we match up. Yeah. Doesn't happen too often. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Is there another recommendation, something you've been watching, listening to, or reading? Uh, well, I went and saw Sorry to Bother You, which I guess Reed thinks is too far out for this podcast. It is pretty far out. It wasn't very good. The more I've thought about it, the less I've liked it, which is, I don't know, 
an interesting thing. It doesn't happen very often. I didn't, but I, even when I left, I wasn't like super high on it, but, uh, it is, it's a, it's a voice worth hearing. It's very different. And, uh, it's very political and kind of, it's kind of on the nose satire, a little too on the nose for me, but, but, uh, I would recommend seeing it. So it takes such a weird turn. Wait, you did see it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't want to watch it. No, I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I misunderstood. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, we can talk about it later. Okay, for me, I'm going to recommend a Spotify playlist, actually. So uh, I feel like I've tried a couple different, like the Discovery Weekly playlist or some other things on Spotify. And it's never quite the right songs for me. Uh, but I tried this playlist, Stay Wild, on Spotify. And I feel like it's got a pretty high hit rate for songs that I like or enjoy listening to. And it's music that I, some music I did know and some new things. So I feel like it's been a good mix for me to play. So Stay Wild on Spotify. Does that mean if I looked up my Stay Wild on Spotify playlist would mine be different than yours tailored to my music wildness yeah is it like Uh, whatever you like amped up in some particular algorithmic way i don't think so there are playlists like that like the discovery weekly is tailored for each person right but the stay wild is consistent it's like 80 songs someone put it together i think at spotify but i don't really know but it, it would be the same for anybody okay that, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I know Discover Weekly takes your own preferences, but that'd be cool if you're, it was like, uh, uh, this is this is this channel is country music that you might like because it's similar to the music you like, and so for every person it's different. Wouldn't that be a cool idea? Or I don't know. The country music's is one example, but it could be like, this is rap for the people who kind of listen who listen to the music you do. <laughs> I don't know. So it's like even if you don't listen to a lot of rap, they would have a rap station that they think you would like based on other stuff you do listen to? Yeah. No, that's like, a good idea. Like, you don't listen to rap, but if you were going to try rap, these songs have the best chance of being ones you would like based on what we know about you. No, I think that'd be really helpful to try out a new genre to have that. Right? It's a, it's a good idea. Spotify, you can have that one for free. <laughs> no, I want royalties. Oh. <laughs> or whatever. Whatever you get for having a good idea and never doing anything about it. Oh, yeah, nothing. That's what you get for having a really good idea and not doing any work to make it happen. Ty, if you had invented Spotify, you would have invented Spotify. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If I could go back to myself in 1998 and tell me anything that I should do differently, I could be like, yeah. Work hard and invent something valuable. Really? I would have been like, invest in Amazon and Apple. I and know. You're golden. Oh, gosh. That's the joke. It wasn't, mine wasn't a very good joke, but yeah. <laughs> Everyone always says do that buy Amazon stock, but. You're like, no, invent Amazon. Yeah. It's like, that's a funnier thing to go tell yourself. Like, wait, what? I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know what it is. How can I invent it? Uh, All right. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And, and go we, invent something new. And go back in time and tell yourself to listen to Two Brothers Review more. <laughs> Bye. Bye.